The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Internet land, welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I am Mike the Hobbit, founder of the Geeks Under the Influence Network and uh, host of this shit show that you can find at GYPodcast.com or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Tonight, I am joined by a regular panelist from the Geeks Under the Influence Podcast, the Danimal, the Danwich is here. What's up, buddy? And what are we talking about tonight for this episode of Smack My Pitch Up? Uh, this is going to be a reboot of Masters of the Universe. Yes. Uh, we're taking uh, He-Man to a whole new live action level. Yes. With our ideas oh, for yeah. a uh, a new live action film or yes. or are you doing a film or are you doing a TV series? I uh, this is this is film. Okay. I think same, this same is this me. is this is to supplant um you know what's already in place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think, for good for good reason. I don't think there's a lot oh. of people arguing for no that's a classic you can't touch it. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, kind of open for interpretation, uh, new interpre- interpretation now, uh, a new live-action He-Man, which there has been talk of a new He-Man movie in 2019. You were talking with me about that a little earlier. Yes, and there's no cast, and I, I know uh, we looked up the, uh, was it the the Knee Brothers? The Knee! Yeah. Uh, are supposed to be directing, yes. or co-directing. Correct. Uh, and, you know, there's a couple of people that are working on the script, uh, the other day, I actually went online, and they're they're already starting to to do uh, concept art for it. To, I saw to, one piece of it that looked like old epic, like eighties Conan the Barbarian style. Yeah, stuff. like very, you know, he's got he's got you know his armor with with the uh, that red shield on his chest sure. and everything. You know, um, I've even seen ones with like him with Battle Cat and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's actually kind of a you know it's promising, but there's been some some variations with it. So I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> well, and there's so much fan art out there. Yes. When it's in this level of production, it's really hard to tell what's actual and what is official release stuff. And unless you find a reputable source, it's like, nope, this is like, uh, what is it? Latino news, I think, always breaks stuff like a year before anybody else does or something yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> something um, crazy like that. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. So, yeah, no word of like, how the script is supposed to really be going yet. Yeah. Um, or, you know, what all characters are going to be involved which, you know, obviously there's a slew uh, to pick from. Yeah, and that, that was kind of the hard part with this is that I just went with uh, the choices that I thought were very necessary to discuss. Like, I didn't pick, an, uh, I didn't pick a Battle Cat. No. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that was really... Yes, who are you going to get to play Battle Cat? Uh, Garfield? Yeah, um, and there's, uh, what's his face? The Jaw Face dude that I didn't do. Uh, Trap Jaw. Trap Jaw, yeah. yeah. I didn't pick him, not because I didn't want to, but it was getting to the point where we're doing about seven characters... Hey, more or less around that yeah. ballpark. And there's so many characters in the He-Man universe that you ca- we had to kind of cut it back a bit. Yes. So, 
So uh, the way this works for anybody that is unfamiliar with Smack My Pitch Up is myself and a guest discuss our ideas on what we would like to see adapted or rebooted or remade. Uh, we do reboots, remakes, reimagining, sequels, sidequels, mashups, and adaptations. And tonight we're doing a direct uh, reboot, I guess would be. I think, uh, yeah, proper, it's not a, a proper not a remake. Re- it's not a remake. <laughs> no. no, no, this or, is, this is more of a reboot or least. reimagining maybe. Yeah. Cause yeah. especially with the, the way that like I, that I jotted down ideas for this and like what directions to go, it's definitely a different viewpoint altogether. Well, with the reimagining, that's more of like taking the base idea and just doing your own thing with that as an inspiration, like the Dawn of the Dead remake from 2004. Correct. That was more of a reimagining that the base idea was there, but everything else was kind of nuanced in its own right. Yeah. So I'm going for more of a a reboot of the original like animated series is what I'm pulling a lot of my stuff from. Okay. So um, I I would go with reboot reboot. Are you uh, are you? looking for the from the comics or from the cartoon i am or? actually i'm i'm doing a combination of the film of the original film okay okay along with uh later comics so really stuff that's that's been uh like post 2000 it's like 2002 2003 okay. sort of onward sure with it um and there's some some interesting ways to to, to sort of approach that uh so it's it's the same sort of story arc, you know, where Skeletor is still trying to gain access to Grayskull and everything, which they didn't really touch on a whole lot in the original film. Sure. It was more of a, hey, how do we time travel? And let's, like, steal... Yeah, let's go hang out in a suburb. Like, it's, uh... Yeah, woo! <laughs> the, the suburbs of Earth with, uh... With, you know, Courtney Cox. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that scene in one of my favorite episodes of uh, He-Man, the animated series, when they hang out in the suburbs of Eternia and like scare a dog and it's, yeah, it's just, it's really like, it really gives you a feeling for the every man of Eternia to see the, the nice, uh, you know, suburban And they all really hit the gym. Yeah. Like every single one hard, (laughs) like the accountant is still having trouble, like buttoning up his shirt because his pecs are so fucking big. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like totally had his own planet. Hans and Franz are like, <laughs> like accountants or, or bus drivers yeah. types in the uh, in the community. See, okay, that would be a fun way of doing this, where it's just like not even about Prince Adam or the royal family or Gray Skull <laughs> or anything. It's just like a day in the life of an Eternian, as it's just like mowing your lawn, but you keep breaking the top bar off the mower because you've just you're so strong. So is it like the uh, the witness protection program for Eternia? No, it's like, <laughs> like like if every Russian bodybuilder got transported to another planet in like the late '80s, it would be Eternia. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm throwing out my it's ideas. Not, for... It's not steroids, I promise you. <laughs> yeah. It's very very nice. So what we're going to do from here is we're going to talk about our ideas and we're going to have both a kind of an interesting take version, something we think would be fun to do, not necessarily what we think would work, but it's kind of a fun idea. And we're also going to do a, our actual idea on how we think this should probably go about. So um, the way I normally like to start it is with the director that, uh, well, first off, let's go over our basic plot overview and then we can get into uh, the, the directors that we've chosen to do this with. So do you have a kind of an idea on how you wanted to approach it or just kind of like the, the skeleton of it? Well, <laughs> interesting um, lead in actually, because okay. uh, a lot of how I would like to approach it has to do with Skeletor. Okay. Um, and, and actually really more of an understanding of where he's coming from. Sure. Um, and like 
why he wants to like gain the the power of you know the Castle Grayskull to be able to you know and for all intents and purposes like rule Eternia. Sure. All right. So there is you know, back in uh, the early two thousands, like two thousand one, two thousand two, there was a story arc where a he was uh, King Randor, who is He Man's biological father. Yeah. Um, where he and King Randor were actually half brothers. I do remember hearing about that, which would make Skeletor Prince Adam's uncle. Yes, and potential heir to the throne should something happen to King Randor sure. in lieu of Prince Adam. Um, there's also, in addition to that, there's also uh, additional backstory on Skeletor, because Skeletor wasn't always, you know, skeleton head sure, and the rest of his body. So, like, there's... Backstory that shows him as an actual prince of eternity and everything before a horrible accident accident uh, disfigures him, just like you know every other thing that we see. Sure, <laughs> you know in the movies it was like, oh yeah, oh lieutenant, he's got no legs, or like Jigsaw in Punisher Warzone. Exactly. Now I'm just Jigsaw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but better. <laughs> but still, and it's still better than the first from than the first Punisher. Go yeah, figure. true. Yeah. Um. So, but there's, so there's a couple of different ways to go about though, whether it's like half brother or like physical brother to him. Okay. Um, I would love to see that sort of backstory bleed into it, you know, see that falling out from the family. Okay. And kind of, you know, I, I, I hate to say from like a biblical sense, he has some fall from grace, you know? Sure. And then like, he's, he's the morning star kind of thing. And he's always like, just kind of anti-establishment deal. Gotcha. Um, and then, uh, you know, also with that, he's also, you know, He-Man's uncle at that point. So it's like, is he torn? Sure. You know, it's like, it's still my blood. Okay. So, you know, like, where are you going with that? And then um, basically a, a, a separate way to possibly go about it is that they're actually brothers. Like actually brothers? Yes. So He-Man and Skeletor are brothers. No. And it, it just kind of depends on how you want to do, like, I guess age difference and like what kind of characters you really want to use sure, at that point. Sure. The the difficulty there though also is that if you ever plan on getting She-Ra in on the action, the by by the canon, she is the twin sister of Correct. of uh, He-Man or Prince Adam, which would make her also the sister to Skeletor. Correct. So it's kind of a it's getting into that Star Wars thing, which honestly a lot of this stuff is kind of yeah. referential to Star Wars because the whole point of He-Man was that Mattel passed up the licensing for the Star Wars toys along with everybody else except Kenner back in the day. Yes. And so when the market got flooded with Star Wars toys, Mattel wanted something that could compete in that market alongside with the Star Wars toys. So they went with like sci-fi fantasy that was big at the time. And instead of, you know, Jedi and the Force and stuff, they went with a mystical uh, Castle Grayskull that imbued powers into a chosen few situation which is not that far off no it's not no laser it's swords, really not, no laser sword but still swords still swords yeah still swords still powerful swords yeah i mean like physically transforming somebody into this like just very you know conan the barbarian yeah <laughs> you know esque character yeah you know and there was also ref- yeah conan references as well but um, i wanted to kind of pull not too far away from where you're going with the whole like parentage aspect okay uh so much but i was more looking at instead of focusing on 
the relationship between Skeletor and Prince Adam, more focusing on the family background of the sorceress of Skull and her, what is found later in the series, uh, the, the animated series at least, is uh, Tila, who is the daughter of the sorceress. And there is a little bit of like sexual tension that goes on b- between Prince Adam and, and uh, Tila. I think she want or he wants her to be his beard or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I think the way that I want to play it for the serious version, at least is that there's something that like that fucking went down that isn't really discussed before the generation of like Prince Adam and Tila and, and that generation, the older generation, um, so your King Randor, your men at arms. Exactly. And also Skeletor involved with that as well. Yes. That basically banished Skeletor from the kingdom. And along with that and is the uh basically ending of Grayskull, where it, it was previously uh the king and queen of Grayskull were there, and during the kind of the fallout of the kingdom, uh that got abandoned and uh those who tend to go to Grayskull perish and the sorcerer or the sorceress ends up being basically kind of imprisoned there as the guard, almost the Red Skull and Infinity War kind of version against Grayskull. And uh, her child is taken away. And then that's where Man-at-Arms finds her and and raises her as his own daughter. And Prince Adam comes into play. So that or something else happened between her and and Man-at-Arms. So, I mean, there's... Well, and you can also play it that, too. Yeah, that that might actually... That would be kind of a fun take where he says he's like the adoptive dad, but he's actually legit the dad. Yeah. <laughs> playing it off like but that's that's very opposite of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really wanted to play it a little bit kind of a play it serious, but with like occasional winks of realizing how campy it is uh, more of a just high fantasy type of approach to it where there is the mystical castle Grayskull that's like the source of all power and Eter- or immortal power and Eternia has imbued. Um, this sword with magical powers that's uh, that's kind of like nudge nudged at Prince Adam at one point, and he's got the like Force Ghost voice of the sorceress telling him kind of how to do the thing. So, is it, I mean, are we going to have Prince Adam like where he's like, "No, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it," and then it's kind of forced on him. Kind of, yeah. And okay. the, the basic reason for it is that uh, Skeletor is mounting an attack and figuring out a way to actually get to Gray Skull, and. Sorceress isn't able to leave and prepare, so she's got to find a champion to protect Grayskull from the powers of evil. Or maybe she has to leave for something else and needs somebody to protect it. Well, and also she's getting up there in age, and with Adam being adjacent to her daughter is a means of getting her daughter to kind of show up at Grayskull. And the nice twist that I want at the end is that once the sorceress leaves Grayskull, her powers leave her as well. Her powers are only imbued into her when she's in Grayskull. So she leaves Grayskull to protect her daughter during an epic battle outside of Grayskull with He-Man and Skeletor. Yeah. And she ends up dying, which forces Tila to take the place of Sorceress as a protector at the end of the movie, thus taking away any kind of romantic connection between Adam and Tila away out of the thing. I don't want him to get the girl at the end. I want it to be kind of like a bittersweet thing where they realize that there's feelings there, but she has a stronger uh, mission in life. She has something bigger than that that she has to do her her uh i really want to focus on uh fate being a major play here and so the the fate you know that there's prophecy there's fate that's all this is all kind of pre-ordained in the he-man mythos is my serious take anyway cool now um 
Of course, now I, that's not going to be exactly the way with the funny, but we'll get to that when we get to our director. So um, who do you have for your serious director? Serious director, uh, I'm, I'm actually a little torn okay. between a couple of them. Well, let's, let's break it down. Uh, the first one that I was actually thinking of was, uh, was actually Mick G. Jesus Christ! That, this is the second. And this is, <laughs> I know, I know, and, I, and I know because, like, I'm, but he, I mean, he seriously has like a, a decent, um, I guess, understanding of that type of film. Okay, okay. So there's that. Um, another one I actually thought about, and again, this 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 plays a lot, really, just to my fandom, like other stuff that's going on, is uh, like Zack Snyder. Okay. Okay. Because obviously he's used to filming muscly shirtless men. So. <laughs> well, he's used to that. Yeah. Like he's also he's he's also very used to uh, a lot of special effects, which is going to be necessary for a picture like this. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, yeah. with because with some of these characters that like even some of the characters that I'm going to mention here, there's going to be a lot of CGI that's going to be necessary. Well, in a film like this, as much as He Man is a beloved character the adaptation from something that is primarily known as animated into live action, you, you'll you get close to $100 million to make this movie, maybe it's slightly more, but you're not going to get the Marvel budget no. for this. No, no. So you're going to need a lot of green screen. You're going to need a lot of stuff to create an entire planet different than, than Earth. You know, yes. you're going to have various different filming locations, a lot of CGI, a lot of green screen. So somebody familiar with that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Mick G or uh, Zack Snyder? Yeah, and, I, and I'm uh, actually well, no, I think um, I mean Zack Snyder would be good, but I think Joss Whedon uh, might be Joss Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon. Okay, might be a little bit better. Okay, he Just he would have it, a lot of fun with doing a He Man movie as well. Yeah, I mean especially with you know having you know doing Avengers stuff previously. Sure, you know, but Zack Snyder would be like third, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my serious. I kind of thought along the same lines is that I wanted somebody with a little bit of experience with special effects and especially something in kind of a fantasy element. I wanted as well, so I went with a director that maybe isn't a household name per se, but you are very familiar with his work, and that's uh, David Yates, who did a lot of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Um, he did the the Fantastic Beast stuff, and is I think slated to do all of the Fantastic Beast movie. I believe so. He's familiar with CGI. He's familiar with you know people flying around and magic and whimsy, <laughs> but more so he did the later Harry Potter movies, which is a nice balance of whimsy and kind of dark elements as well, which is something I really wanted for a legit, like my actual choice for a movie kind of deal where attorney well, is in, in, and this, this needs to have dark elements to it. Sure. I mean, it absolutely has to sure. have. So, I mean, that, that would be great. Yeah. So I think he knows how to balance the, know how to still have fun with a movie but have something really on the line as well um, for, for the for the plot and for the direction of the characters. So I think David Yates would be a good choice. And also, he's not a a uh, Ridley Scott or something. So you can get you could get him to do a movie and not destroy your budget with his paycheck alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like he 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 works to work. He's a working director. Yeah. So now, do you have a uh, a funny choice for for directors? Funny choice for a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, Peter Jackson, really. <laughs> I mean, I think about like some of the stuff that he did. Sure, you know, as, aside from the Lord of the Rings stuff, like uh, King Kong or Kong. Sure, like when he did that. Like I, I even thought a lot of the aspects of of the Hobbit series. Okay, you know, just 
goofy and campy. Yes, super, super goofy. Uh, so I, I figure like it's it's something that he could really pull off. Um, well, also, I think it would be easier for him than say the Lord of the Rings movies, where there was a lot of like epic high fantasy kind of elements where there's that, but it's almost kind of a parody of at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that 100%. And it would be fun for him too. Oh, total. I think he would have a blast to play in that type of sandbox again, but with like the gloves off a little bit where it's not taken as seriously. Yeah, Yeah. no, I agree. I, uh, I went, uh, balls to the wall with my, uh, interesting take on He-Man we were talking earlier about some of the homoerotic elements that take place within oh, shit. <laughs> within uh, the the He-Man cartoons. You watch it as an adult and go, wow, there's a lot of homoeroticism in this show, <laughs> yeah. which I'd say instead of like wiping it off the map completely from everything, own the shit out of it. And you get John Waters to direct a He-Man movie. <laughs> just I mean, just go full fucking bore. The thing, though, with John Waters doing it is you would have to totally change the perspective of the movie. Yeah. Because John Waters, his big thing for all of his films is that he always is on the side of the misfits, the malcontents, the discarded by society types. So the He-Man movie would honestly be where He-Man is seen as the hero, but it's following Skeletor. And so Skeletor is this got fucking dismissed and disfigured in this previous battle and it's him trying to regain his position in Eternia when this jackass jock douche bro with, with a page boy cut is, uh, is cock blocking his prince, way to the throne. Prince Valiant hairdo. Yeah. So he's hanging out with all the ne'er-do-wells and misfits and shit like that, trying to just get what is rightfully his as the uncle, you know, that and and the death of the previous king was blamed on him and all the shit is slighted on him because he's got a skeleton face. Wasn't his fault. He got his face melted off. And uh, it's him just following Skeletor in his like homoerotic journey back to the the throne of Eternia, and uh, and so yeah, He Man will be this like super uptight uptight jockey like douche bro guy that's also really in the closet, and it's <laughs> only during his interactions with the uh, with Skeletor and his minions that he's starting to realize that there's a lot more fun on the other side. And, and so there, that's when all the greased up like He-Man scenes take place along with like a, a fucking beefcake Skeletor as well. Beefcake. Yeah. So, so that's, I, I want to see a John Waters He-Man movie. I think nice. I th- <laughs> <laughs> just, it sounds glorious. It really does. Yep. And, and it sounds for, amazing. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, so that, that's, that's the, uh, the setup for our, our directors in tone. Uh, first one that we're going to talk about, of course, is He-Man, who we would have to play He-Man in our both funny and serious versions. Right. Um, who do you got for your serious? All right. So my serious one, and um, I thought about this for quite some time. Sure. All right. So I I, I try to de- I I try to decide really just on like who I thought could pull off the look. A. Okay. I mean, not not just size per se. You know, because obviously, like we talked about earlier, everybody, everybody in Eternia just seems to be jacked. Yeah. Okay. So, like that aside, um, and the fact that you know he's he's kind of already played a prince, you know, and other stuff that we're we're both huge fans of. Okay. Um. So I think Chris Helmsworth. Yep. I knew it. All right. <laughs> well, and we talked about this a couple weeks yeah, ago. We first it, started it brainstorming about it. It does. He does. Yeah. Like he he kind of ha- like he already has that like. I don't know if it's natural blonde hair, but he's been sporting blonde hair since at least 
oh, I don't know, Star Trek. Sure. You know, when he had that brief cameo in Star Trek. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he, he kind of pulls off the look. He's big. He's, you know, he's jacked for, for being when he's Thor. Sure. So, you know, it's definitely like it's it's definitely doable. Yeah. With him. Like no, he think- might he might be a little older for the part at this point. Um, just cause you know, he's mid to late thirties. Sure. Um, but you can still make that work, but you can still make it work. Yeah. I mean, used to be guys in their thirties were playing high school kids back in the day, like in the early yeah. Spider-Man movies and shit. You yes. Know? Like, yeah. So I think, I think you can get away with, uh, Chris Hemsworth is, uh, plus there's CGI to help like fix some of that oh, stuff. Oh, sure. I mean, and, you saw how young Hank Pym looked and they used Michael Douglas for that. So, and I also, mean, uh, you know, uh, in guardians Two. Uh, Snake Pliskinman himself yes. looking all young and, and 70s <laughs> yeah. as fuck. And they pulled that off really well in that, by the way. They did. And so. honestly, just from the little glimpse that you get from Sam Jackson, who, it, to be fair, hasn't really aged much at all in his time no. as a human being. It looks uh, very similar to coming, his coming to America days. Yeah, a little bit. So. <laughs> but in the new uh, trailer for Captain Marvel, he's in there and looks suave and young as shit. Yeah, has so all his hair. The technology is there to be able to play with that. I'd say in another 10 years. You're going to be able to cast whatever actor for whatever role, and it won't be a big deal. Nope. But uh, for my serious He-Man, and there might be a little bit of blowback on me for this, uh, because he's not a blonde, and I'm not really sure how he'd look as a blonde, but I'm going more, more of a kind of a Game of Thronesy approach to, um, with a little more whimsy than Game of Thrones, which yeah. is like some whimsy, because there's no fucking whimsy besides... Uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, is it Tormund, the the ginger wildling? Oh dude? God, yeah, he's like that, yeah. he's legitimately only the only whimsy in all of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, and of course, uh, uh, Peter Dinklage as well. You yeah. get a little bit of whimsy there as well. But uh, Joe Maganello. Oh yeah, he's got the body type for it. He's a Jack Diesel motherfucker. If you're familiar with True Blood, he was the werewolf dude. He was yeah, also he was in- actually in the original Spider Man. He was, he was Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson, the yeah, first Spider-Man. Much movie. younger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, I mean, we're also talking 15, 16 years ago now. That was like 2000, wasn't it? 2002? Two. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, 16 years ago. But he is a giant nerd. He's a D&D guy. Yeah. He loves fantasy. He he's, loves nerd shit in general. He's a Penguins fan. He is a Penguins fan, which I am super okay with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got the body type for it. The one thing is that he's very dark haired <laughs> like it works yeah. for his complexion he he's what italian yeah with maganello as yeah. uh very italian yeah but i mean you know he man kind of walks around with like a permanent tan anyway so it's, Th- and it's not fine. and it's not a it's it's not a large stretch and so you don't go platinum blonde with he man but you get him no. kind of like a sandy brown blonde kind of kind of deal and i think he'd be able to pull it off yeah it'd be close enough he'd have to shave of course but you know yeah because that's a hairy fucker yeah like he's a hairy <laughs> dude um a big surprise a big beefy well no i'm talking i'm talking about at least his facial hair oh yeah i wasn't yeah. even going because you know obviously from a um from a costume standpoint they could always you know go a little bit more you know uh eccentric i guess you could say and yeah. like just add additional layers anyway we never we never know sure um but i i think he a is a great actor yeah he's slated to well he <laughs> slated uh he, <laughs> he played in the last little bit of justice league slade wilson yes um in in justice league and he is slated to play that character if they end up doing any more well it well he's supposed to be playing that character in the solo uh, ben affleck batman movie 
Although Ben Affleck's apparently out oh. now. I I don't know. I've, every time I've looked on on like IMDb, it still shows him as playing Bruce Wayne. So nobody Batman. really knows what's going on. I know Henry nobody Cavill knows. is out. I think that's official. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um. So I know Smash's crush on him is, is he's heartbroken right now. So that's my uh my series. What's your funny for He Man or Prince Adam? All right. Again, another. This is another one that took me a while. Okay. And I picked this guy because not only is he a is he a jacked dude. But in the movies that I've seen him in where he actually does play funny, yeah, um, he does an amazing job of playing funny. Okay. Um, he's hosted SNL a couple times and actually just killed it. I'm wondering if we have the same guy. We might. Yeah. Uh, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. No, I uh, I um, went a different way, but no, I, I, I'm digging. I'm picking up what yeah. you're throwing down. So again, again, I think we're talking about, um, I mean, obviously he's Samoan. So, you know, from a tan a tan person he's got the look i think right i think, I think joe maganello just became less problematic for the the douche bro like internet trolls than than dwayne the rock johnson yes but also fucking right i want to see dwayne the rock johnson's he man i would watch the shit especially after seeing rampage yeah that was so oh my much god fun. that movie was great it was undeservedly and like and like i said not he have can, been that much and he fun. can play the funny part so i mean he played a great i mean he had great comic um uh, comic response and everything really to okay. uh to the characters like even in rampage all right uh with with the uh, that albino gorilla what was the name of the albino gorilla oh it was like um so i mean they just like a dude name yeah but they um, played off of each other really was it george? well george something like that yeah it was george that yeah. sounds right um so they they played off of each other really well obviously when he's done you know uh actual comedy movies like the one he did with kevin hart uh, a couple years ago Oh, Central um, Intelligence. Yes. Yeah. So Central Intelligence, obviously, he he did great with that from a comic standpoint. Sure. So he can definitely pull that off. But you know, like like we like we've seen, uh, especially in the last couple of years, you know, he's kind of gotten ripped. <laughs> yeah. And he was not that he wasn't ripped before, but like he's at a whole different level now. He's like it used to be X Men One, Hugh Jackman jacked, and now he's like uh, Logan. Logan. Yeah. Well, not Logan. No, like before that, um, the Days of Future Past jacked. Yes. Wolverine, where it's like weird level of like you see all the veins underneath his yeah. like rippling muscles because the veins have nowhere to go. They're just trapped between muscle and skin at this point. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's, 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 yeah. So I think he would do a phenomenal job. Um, you know, he plays off of others really well. Um, even if he's trying to be seriously comic. Yeah. You know, he can, he can, he can, like, he can just do it. Oh man, and I do want to see like Peter Jackson and The Rock doing something together. That would be super fun. Seriously, I think, right? I think they'd both have a lot of fun with that. They're both workhorses too. They like, I mean, getting down and dirty and like working their yeah. asses off. And of course, on, on Ballers too. I don't know if you've ever watched Ballers. No, I've heard it's good. But like he can, he can do. He, he'll do the serious part, but he's also absolutely hysterical in it too. Okay, okay. So, um, who do you have next for your character list? Um, I have Skeletor. Okay, yeah, I've got a Skeletor. Um. If you want to give me your serious, wait, choice. wait, did you did you give me a a, a funny, um, He Man? Oh no, I did not. No, yeah, correct. Okay, so, mine uh, in the same mindset as you with with big beefy wrestler dudes that that went on to act. I think a John Waters directed, uh, He Man movie with John Cena as He Man. Nice, because he's also been able to make fun of himself. If you ever saw Trainwreck, uh, he was in it. And you got to see him naked from behind and it's like, you look like a fucking like muscly action figure from the eighties, yeah. like as a, as your body type. I think 
he'd be able to play the dumb jock character pretty well in the John Waters who's like rooting for Skeletor the whole time. I think Cena would be a nice kind of um like pivot point for for Skeletor in in that role. So, yeah, uh, plus I mean he's his comic stuff is pretty solid from what I've seen. I just want to see a John Waters He-Man where every other word out of He-Man's mouth is bro. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Cena would be able to pull that. Bruh. Skeletor, yeah. bro. <laughs> What's up, bro? Think, yeah, though, no, he could do that. And then, you know, also, I mean, he's got, um, you know, I, I don't know if you ever saw the video where he did the Hulk. I think so, on yeah. On YouTube, mm-hmm. like, where he's basically, like, yeah, they've got him dressed up with, like, the, I think, I think, I don't think they put a wig on him or anything. They just kind of blacked his hair a little bit. Yeah. And, like, painted him green and put the purple shorts in. Yep. They had this kid running away from bullies. And it was all staged. So there's people on... Like around this uh this toilet. <laughs> Sorry, a porta potty. Sure. Where basically like, you know, he ran into the, the kid ran into the porta potty and then um John Cena just straight up like hulked out and like busted out of the porta potty and said ch- started chasing after the bullies. Yeah. And of course like all the people around him were just like freaking out. <laughs> sure. Because they're like, oh my god, the Hulk is real. <laughs> and also apparently it's John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun, especially just just I think about the backstory of these actors playing in the world created by these directors. I want to see John Cena in a John Waters movie. I think that would be an interesting absolutely uh behind the scenes situation. All right, so for Skeletor. Skeletor uh and again, this is another one that I really thought about. Okay. Okay. Um I thought about people that have range. Okay. I thought about um, characters that I've seen play really good guys and also really bad guys. Okay. All right. So um, this one has been a hero in a lot of films that I've seen. Uh, a couple years ago, he was actually a villain in a Star Trek movie. Okay. Um, but Idris Elba. Okay. All right. All right. Because, I mean, A, again, he's a big built dude. Yeah. Um, He's an amazing actor. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's, you know, they're talking about when Daniel Craig finishes up being James Bond, that he could be the next James Bond. Okay. Um, And I just think he can pull it off. I mean, regardless of who the actor is, I mean, they're going to paint this person purple or make them sure. look purple. Or something along those lines. Maybe. Something along those yeah. lines. I think, uh, no, I think that could work. I think uh, I he was one of those actors that I've said in other episodes that just put him in whatever. Like make him Doctor Who, make him James Bond. Oh, I don't Doctor care. Doctor Who, he'd be great. Yeah, like I, I want to see him in whatever you want to put him in. It, he's a fantastic actor. He's able to, he's got range. I mean, he plays the intense guy a lot, but he is yeah. able to do more than just intense guy. I, uh, I, I love that actor. So yeah, absolutely, I'm down for that. Um, that's your serious, right? That's my serious. My serious is, and this is definitely a uh, nod to the original He Man movie. Because you need to have at least a little bit of fan service. As much yeah, as it's yeah, an yeah, abomination, yeah. you still need to kind of give give the fans a little bit of like, we get it, guys. Like we yeah. we know it's trash, but we still kind of love it for how bad it is. You get Dolph Lundgren to play Skeletor, and he's he's not as beefy as he used to be, but he's still he's still a big dude. Yeah, but he's also got a kind of sunken face a little bit that I think would work for a Skeletor type character as well. Yeah, so. I think just role reversing him. Yeah, that would be that would be solid. Yeah, I'm good with that. It's almost like getting uh, Batman to play 
the bad guy in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. You know, you, you reverse the roles and make him the bad guy. I think that would be a fun dynamic. And also, we've seen Lundgren play the bad guy. Oh, we totally have. He can do that. Oh, so, he's done a great job. He's actually better at playing the bad guy than the good guy. Oh, he's fun. Well, well, and I've seen some great movies where he's played the good guy. Though. Sure. Like this notwithstanding. Although, you know, the original Masters of the Universe, I didn't think he did a horrible job. No. I just, I kind of wish that they had, you know, done the whole Prince Adam, like, back to He-Man. And not maybe, just him and his battle. Maybe not the, the feathered rocker mullet either. Yeah. That, that was a, no, that was a I choice. I did not need the 1987 version of John Bon Jovi on steroids. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? So yeah, I think I, I think doing Lundgren. Uh, the other kind of backup choice, if we didn't go that route, is uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who played oh, yeah. Hannibal Lecter in the in the Hannibal series. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of other stuff. Oh, he was too, also, I mean, he was in Doctor Strange. Yes, correct. So yeah, he's great at playing an intense character. So I think for the serious role, he would work as well for that. Um, yeah. Kind of in the same vein as Lundgren, just a shorter version, because uh, Lundgren is a gigantic hulking man. Yeah. So what's your funny? All right, so my funny, my funny guy is going to require some CGI. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that up front. Um, but I think, uh, you know, again, kind of going back to the whole sunken face thing. Sure. Uh, that we were talking about with Lundgren. Um, Sean Penn. Okay. Because okay. Spicoli, uh, especially since we're going all bruh kind of yeah, on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spicoli, like, playing Skeletor. You know, if you have John Cena versus like Sean Penn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Where he's like, bruh, bruh. I don't know, bruh. bruh. What, bro? Dude, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with John Waters is known for working with like porn stars or like worked with uh, Patty Hearst. Yeah. Uh, was in a number of films with him and also musicians as well. He's worked with a number of different musicians. And so I figured that on the in the spirit of that, getting a musician to play Skeletor would be a good choice. And I think the best choice there is just old, like haggard Skeletor. That is basically a walking skeleton already. Yeah. You get fucking Iggy pop to yeah. play Skeletor. And he's basically looks like, like a skeleton put on a skin coat and went out to yeah, party. He does. He's looked like that for God forever for like 30 years at, at least. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I remember so, watching like city of Angels, or is it, which was it city of angels that he was in for the crow? Yes. The second one. Yeah. So like, yeah, and I was I kind of thought that when I saw that twenty some odd years ago. Yeah, you know, and I was like, <laughs> he looks like a skinny Skeletor without the purple, but the purple might be showing. Yeah, <laughs> so just like do a like chain smoking Skeletor that's like pretty much over this shit, uh, and just kind of done with it. And then there's like douche bro John Cena that's all young and fucking wiry or wily and trying to like get up on Skeletor. And he's like, dude, I'm an old man. I'm just trying to get the shit that I'm I'm owed. Yeah, uh, here in Eternia. And Cena just being this like, you can't see me, bro. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I think just seeing the look of utter fucking disdain by Iggy Pop, <laughs> Skeletor would be the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So uh, who do you got next on your uh, next? I have man at arms. OK, I got a man at arms as well. All right. And so, again, this one and, and I actually did this a little out of order from from like how I. um um, was kind of casting it. Okay. Because some of it I went through and was like, all right, I need to kind of find a younger version. Okay. Right? And and just kind of this particular character's age in relation to um, who I'll have with Tila okay. coming up here uh, momentarily. Okay. Um, it, you know, just 
kind of sort of fits the kind of the proper age range okay. for that. Um, he's an amazing um, action actor as well. He's been in, okay. he's been in movies with Stallone, uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Okay. Um, he's been in, like he's he's also been like a main person in a lot of his own films. Okay. Um, but uh, Jason Statham. As man at arms, as man at okay. arms. You know what? I, I feel like he can pull off like that if he military. Wears the helmet, yeah, yeah I think. he can pull off that military look. Um, that you know the character needs. Plus, he's just a total badass. Okay. So yeah, so that's kind of why I decided to go with man at arms with uh, Jason Statham. Okay. I uh, I decided with man at arms for my serious is that I figure because I'm. In my series, I'm doing, you know, Dolph Lundgren, like an older Skeletor that's definitely like the uncle age Yeah. for for He-Man. I wanted kind of around the same age man-at-arms to be, he was like the guy that kind of knows what's going on, but isn't let, letting you, the young youngins yeah. know kind of what went down. And so I wanted somebody kind of in an older age, but somebody that very much had a working man kind of tone and could pull off a fucking mustache. That was very important to me. Yes. Somebody that can pull off a mustache. That's one thing I haven't seen Jason Statham have. I'm not sure. So I don't uh, know. He, I swear he had one in maybe Revolver. Did he have a mustache in Revolver? Mm, I don't know. I haven't seen Revolver. Don't. Believe it or not. Don't. I mean, everything, everything that I think I've seen him in, he has some stubble, but like, that's about it. Yeah. It's not on the top of his head. No. Um, but I went to, with uh, one of the Ghostbusters, Ernie Hudson, oh, as nice. Man at Arms. Nice, I Good think choice. He's, he's got a little bit of that that Murtaugh getting too old for this shit kind of tone nowadays. <laughs> and uh, and I also find it funny now thinking of it that I got a ca- character from the first Crow movie with Ernie Hudson, and yeah. then a character from the second <laughs> Crow movie with, with Iggy Pop. Yeah, so um, nice. Yeah, so I think that's what I'm gonna do for Man at Arms for the series is Ernie Hudson. I think he's able to play the. Joe Everyman character. He's he's down to earth, but he's not a, he's not a dumb dude. Like he he knows what's up. He knows you can tell that there's he's not letting on as much as needs as what he's not letting on what's happening. He knows more than what's going on. Yeah. And I think I think Ernie Hudson would be able to pull that off pretty well. So that's my serious there. Uh what's your funny for Man at Arms? All right. So my funny and I, I, I completely pulled this just based on um just how horribly he did a a different character that I loved growing up. Okay. Um, but I picked George Clooney. Okay. <laughs> because he did such a horrible Batman. I mean, but the, and that, that's not completely his fault. Okay. Part of that's, you know, the direction that was given to them by Schumacher. Okay. Uh, so I, like, I'll grant that. But outside of that, I mean, he's a great actor. I think he can pull off the comedy aspect of it. Okay. You know, pretty well. Um, and again, he's kind of of that kind of like correct age, you know, kind of based on he's supposed to be older than He-Man, you know, maybe not quite as old as, say, King King Randor or, or Skeletor or anything like that. OK, but, you know, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's like he's almost 60 now. So, you know, yeah, it kind of fits. OK, so I dig it. I uh, this was definitely one of my super outside the box approaches to a uh, character mm-hmm. here. Is that I feel like if this actor was able to kind of do the Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder treatment with this role, is it dude dressed as another dude playing another dude? Then I think it would be perfect. This is the role that I would love to see Divine in, uh, but unfortunately oh, Divine has passed. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm keeping it to actors who are alive um, for the most part. And uh, so since Divine isn't around, there was a actor that portrayed Divine in the musical version of Hairspray that 
cross-dressed as the mom, much as Divine um, did in so, the so not Hairspray. So not the movie. No, the, the musical ver- movie version of Hairspray. So you're talking about the one like 11 years ago. Yes, the one that was divine's character was portrayed by one john travolta now to make it even better (laughs) the tropic thunder incorporation here is that you have john travolta playing divine playing a mustachioed gay man from the 70s as man at arms so you do like the straight like freddie mercury mustache on basically divine played by john travolta and there's just layers there and i feel like that's another moment that travolta needs some like positive public relations stuff after the whole like tug job business with the uh, masseuse yeah and you know secret gay whatever and scientology all the all the things so you get him to john waters the shit out of this and get him to just like fucking just lay it on there just go full fucking john waters and it's going to be a pulp fiction moment for him when it pulls him out of obscurity and he gets his career back so as long as he can be a dude playing another dude (laughs) Dressed as another dude. I'm just a dude playing a dude dressed as another dude. So, so, (laughs) just could you imagine Man at Arms played by John Travolta playing Divine as Man at, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's almost, it's hard to grasp almost like M theory where like you get the basic idea, but the nuances of it is just really hard to grasp. Yeah. I think, yeah. So that's, that's my uh, Man at Arms. Who do you got next? I've got uh, Tila. Tila? I've got a Tila. All right. So um, this, the actress that I picked for this, again, I I, I kind of went based on like the age that I use for Jason Statham okay. for this, because we want somebody who's 20 to 30 years, or at least 20 to 30 years younger looking okay. you know, than he is. Um, <clears throat> so I went with an actress that, you know, I've, I've seen her in a couple of different things, and she was in True Detective. Uh, again, I don't know if you've... It's an HBO series. True Detective, yes. Yes, yes okay. very much. Again, I, we've never talked about that. True. So, the first season was um, utterly fucking amazing. The yes. second season was meh. Second season was a rat, a rat, a rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, more like, not as excited about it. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I can't remember which season she was in from True Detective. Okay. Um, But she also was on, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the, the Baywatch movie. I, I enjoyed that movie more. It was actually the same here. Um, But Alessandra Daddario, uh, brunette. Okay. So darker hair. I think she played summer in the, uh, the Baywatch movie. Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about. So I think like, she's got that, that younger look to her. Okay. And um, you know, I haven't, I haven't really seen her play "quote unquote" a badass per se, sure. you know, which Tilo kind of should be. Um, but I feel like she can pull it off. Okay. Um, you know, and plus, like, if we're if we're trying to find somebody that you know Adam's going to be attracted to and all that sort of stuff, and kind of kind of just fill that character, like we were talking about with your storyline, sure, sto- storyline earlier. Um, I think she could pull that off. Okay, and like at least the few things that I've seen her in, she hasn't been horrible. Okay. So I dig it. Yeah. I, uh, I decided to take a slightly different approach to Tila than the, uh, the series of the movie or any of that, uh, went and, you know, Prince Adam and he, man, they are about the same 
beefy size in in the animated series. Well, least. they should be. Yeah, it's the same dude. But he doesn't <laughs> transmorphize or whatever. He just like he talks a little deeper and he gets a tan. Like that's basically all Pretty the, much. the difference is. And uh, and with Tila, she's this leggy like ginger in in He Man. And I wanted to kind of play the character a little bit less stereotyped, like bombshelly type yeah. character and uh, a very attractive woman in her own right. I mean, there's, there's fanboys all over the world that are just gaga over her, but it's going to be a smaller woman, which is definitely going to be the fun moments of her like taking down shit without the help of He-Man. Like I, I'm an independent woman and just yeah. totally play it as like almost an equal to He-Man, but like a third of the size and also familiar with David Yates, the director from her time in the Harry Potter verse, uh, get Emma Watson. Oh, to play yes. Tila. No, I she'd be great. Yeah, and also just the size of Joe Meganella versus her. Yeah. <laughs> but also with the changing in size, I think, to really kind of take home that it's not the same dude with a tan. You know, it's not a Superman moment where he takes off the glasses like, oh, I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> that you get him to beef up. Like, he, he barbarians when he turns in He-Man. He gets bigger, so you can kind of do the Captain America thing. Not quite 90-pound winkling, but he gets... He's smaller. He's a little bit closer. So, so you're saying use some CGI to make him a little smaller. A little CGI and just what the opposite of what they do for Tom Cruise to look tall. You know, they just like, just shorten him down a little bit. Well, they he, they just have him running all the time. Is that's how they make Tom Cruise look tall? You He's either get Emma Watson to stand out of box, or you get Joe Man- Maganello to stand in a ditch, and then you're good. You're fine. <laughs> you're that's all good. you gotta do. <laughs> and so when he's He Man, he's towering over, and then then it's yeah. like, Whoo. but yeah. So I think Emma Watson would be fun. Uh, right. For your funny Tila, for my funny Tila, and I, I went back a ways on this one, um, and again, I, I think with this one, you know, she's not a whole lot younger than the Man at Arms that I have. Okay, okay, but again, uh, she actually doesn't look a whole lot older than she did twenty to twenty five years ago. That I have a little bit of that too. Yeah. Um, you look the same that you, as you did. No, no, no. I mean, as far as like the actors that I've chosen. Yeah. Chosen. So with this, uh, and again, it, you know, she's not a great actress. So I, I think that this could play well into the whole concept of a, of a funny storyline. Um, cause the, the movies that I did see her in, she was just awful. Okay. All right. And that is Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Okay. Right. So definitely, yeah, I mean, she's definitely going um, a little bit, you're going older with the actress. Yeah, but she also still looks like she could be 25 to 30 years old. I mean, old. she still looks very good for her age. Yes, yes, definitely. So, And also giving her a chance to really act. She hasn't really done a whole lot in the way of acting no. um, at all in her career. Like she was more of a model, but had some minor moments. Uh, I think she was in one of the main leads in one movie, if I remember correctly. She was in Fair Game with, with one of the Baldwins. That's what it was, with yeah. Will, with William, with William Baldwin. Damn. Um, Holy hell. Yeah, and that goes back, I mean, that's that's mid-90s. That's like 95. Yeah. Like 94, 95 was when that came out. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think that would work. Um, I went with an actress, and I was double-checking because I didn't think she's been in a John Water movie and um i i believe i'm correct but i it felt like it and it was because i was remembering party monster that she was in which feels kind of john watersy a bit that seems like super up john waters alley so i think it transfers relatively well this is also an actress that's older but only only a few years older than john cena actually yeah so 
I think an actress that would have an absolute blast in a John Waters movie is a kind of weird character actress enough that would be able to play Tila in a very interesting way. Um, maybe like not even really that into He-Man and is like, you know, all about the chicks, you know, maybe is all about some evil in or something. Uh, like she likes those bad girls. <laughs> I think that would be the way to play it a little bit, but she'd also do kind of like popping bubble gum, like, like ditzy yeah. character, but also maybe a little bit more going on than she lets on kind of situation is a uh, Chloe Savigny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that, sh- that she would have a lot of fun with the role. And I think John Waters would have a lot of fun with her as the actress playing, t- uh, uh, Tila. So. So who do you got next on yours? Uh, I have uh, King Randor. I do not have Randor. So you go, you go with Randor. And, All right. Uh, so for my serious one, and of course, uh, going back to sort of your point with like pulling from the original sure. movie. Okay. All right. Um, I decided that uh, Dolph Lundgren would actually be a good fit for this. Okay. All right. No, so that's like, great. Yeah, because like, he played He-Man, of course, and then now he plays He-Man's dad. Like, if they're not going to do a Batman Beyond movie where uh, the original <laughs> is is uh, old Bruce Wayne, yeah. then at least we can have the original He-Man playing He-Man's dad. So, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then for uh, for funny, um, and I, I kind of went over the top a little bit with this one because, A, he is a former bodybuilder. Okay. He is an actor. No. Yeah. <laughs> and he is the former governor. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was debating on whether so, or not you're talking Arnie or uh, Lou Ferrigno, which would also be yeah. a very interesting no, choice. Uh, so, yeah, Ferrigno would be a great choice. And you know how much I love Ferrigno. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Arnold can play the funny role. Like, mm-hmm. he's done it plenty of times. He knows how to wink at himself, too. Like, yes. Like, kind of pick on his own. And a king almost, you kind of feel like, is going to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of what I went with with that. Okay. So. I dig it. Uh, do you have The Sorceress? No, I do not. Okay. Well, I'll go with that one. Um, for The Sorceress, an actress that was also familiar playing uh, playing around in the world of David Yates from the Potter movies as well. Uh, actress that's able to play kind of a dark version um, of The Sorceress, but still like with, with elements of, of goodness uh, from some of her characters she's portrayed. I think if you look at her and Emma Watson, you could see possibly a resemblance a little bit with the facial features. I think I know where you're going with this uh, last one. Helena Bottom Carter yeah. as the sorceress. I think that would definitely work. So wait, so are you changing? So is, is Tim Burton going to be your director? No. that seems to be. That's the only time that, no, she's worked with <laughs> no, but the, just but, Tim Burton the, and but, David Yates. Those yeah. are the only two directors she's ever worked with. <laughs> wait, no, but who directed Fight Club? Wasn't that Fincher? That was Fincher, yeah. Well, she's at least okay. worked with Fincher once. And whoever directed Novocaine, the movie she was in with Steve Martin. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think she would be a really fun choice for the sorceress. Uh, and and I, I, she's a very talented actor. And I feel kind of bad that she's just stuck acting in her husband's movies, much like Mia Jolovich with Resident Evil, yeah. except not quite that bad. Yeah. So uh, that that's my serious choice. My funny choice and... Oh, God, I would love this. Probably even in a in a serious version, but it's one of it's one of uh, John Waters's like sweet sweet babies that he has in a lot of his movies. It's been in a, a bunch of his movies. I love her to death. We got her to actually plug Geeks Under the Influence at a convention. You get Tracy fucking Lords to play the yes. sorceress. Um, oh my God, just that like would be the, great. Just like the fuck you attitude of that she can portray in in yeah. roles that she's been in as the sorceress would be just fan fucking tastic. 
with uh yeah with Tila as as her daughter as Tila. That I think that would be really fun. So and they're both blondes. So you know there you go. That works. Works out pretty well. Do you have an evil in? I do have an evil in. Okay, let's let's give that a shot. All right. So again, I I kind of um, for evil in on this one. I for my serious one, I wanted to find somebody that I know has played um, quasi bad uh, bad person at okay. least once. Um, she's an amazing actress. I think I've I've pretty much watched just about everything that she's been in. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's Anne Hathaway. Okay. I mean, and she can be kind of vampy. Yes. Like she can pull she's already, up. she's already got the dark features, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when she played, when she played Selena Kyle and Catwoman, like you already know that she's already has that ability to just kind of play it off of like, Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, was that, was that yours? I'm so sorry. Like completely sarcastic. So she's got that sarcastic tone to her. Um, but you know, especially if she's, if she's working with somebody along the lines of like Skeletor, she just kind of seems to have the right, like, you know, if they're, if they're not going to do any CGI to make these characters like larger than they physically are. Sure. It seems to kind of be the right, the right height ratio between like her and Idris Elba. Okay. To kind of like tie everything together with that. Sweet. Okay. No, I dig it. I dig it. Um, I went with an actress that has played kind of like a little bit in the fantasy world and by a little bit, I mean, she's one of the most iconic characters from, um, from one of my favorite fantasy movies of all time, the princess bride. Um, you get Robin Wright yeah. to play evil in. I don't necessarily, I don't like her necessarily as an evil character, but I kind of want to see her play in that, in that sandbox I a little bit. Totally want to see that. Yeah. She's got very strong features. Uh, she can play a, like a, a strong woman. And, and I yeah. think for evil in, you need somebody that's going to be, you know, and so I think she's, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The chutzpah. She's got chutzpah, but I think she would do a great job in that role. I thought about her as the sorceress as well. She could definitely pull that off. Yeah. No, she would be a great sorceress. Yeah. So Robin Wright is my, my serious, uh, what's your funny for Evelyn? Um, my funny one. I also went back, uh, to the original masters of the universe. Okay. Um, we talked about this, this particular person, uh, in a little bit of detail, you know, before we, uh, before we actually came to uh, to do this, okay, um, and like how horrible like her storyline connection and everything was to the original one, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Courtney Cox, okay, um, I dig we, it. We I know like it. we know we we know that she can do comedy, you know, just from the fact that you know she was on Friends for how many years, sure. So like the comedy aspect can, is is definitely there, um, you know, and I and I think that she can actually play off. With some of these other characters that I've assembled, sure, you know, I think she'll be able to pull it off. Plus, oh, yeah. like I said, it, it kind of harkens back to the original uh, He-Man movie, you know, where she was just that stupid young kid. Sure, you know, he, not Br- quite the uh, the dancing on the stage with you know Bruce Springsteen kind of shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, and to bring her as this like jaded kind of darker character, older character. Yeah, I think I like that. I do like that. Uh, my uh, funny is another regular, I think a dream dreamland original with John waters is a uh, mink stole. Who's been in like literally everything that John waters has done. Yeah. And um, it, it would be, it's a weird choice uh, for Evelyn, but I think uh, with John waters movies, she would be like the, the shit talking instigating type character, you know, that 
would really work as far as you get Iggy Pop, who's kind of just this broken older dude that's trying to get his throne back, and this is like his fucking like rabbit chihuahua that's like ready to fucking kill people <laughs> and like fuck shit up and doesn't give a shit about being nice to the douchey bros and stuff that are like no. in charge of Eternia. She's gonna break shit down. And I think, you know, Ming Stoll being an icon of of John Waters' films, that's the right choice there. So yeah. uh who, do you have any more or I have Orco. Okay, I did not Orco. So, well, I have I have my idea for Orco, but go ahead. Okay, so Orco, um, and this is probably the character on both sides of this that I thought about the uh, the most. Okay, okay. Um, but Orco for the serious role, um, I've got Peter Dinklage. Okay, and it says in and, costume and again, or. Um, well, he, you can either do, I think, no, I think you can do either in costume or, you know, you can do some sort of CGI because I mean, okay. keep in mind that this is a wizard character sure. from the animated series that literally floated around. Sure. So you could go CGI with it. Um, but at the same time, you know, and, and, and honestly, like height had nothing to do with my decision on this one. Sure. I didn't think, Hey, you know. Like, who do I need to pick for this particular character? Because, like, he's not a big dude or anything like that. I literally was like, who do I think could pull off the comedy that he does do in the animated series? Sure. And kind of has that sort of, um, you know, experience, you know, with with kind of the quote-unquote, like, nerdy cultures. So, like, he's been in, obviously, Game of Thrones. You know, he's been in Marvel now. Um, you know, and he's just, he's a great actor. Like when I watch him on screen, I don't even think about that. I'm like, dude, he's just killing it. Yeah. And I think everything that he walks into, he does an amazing job with. And I think he could totally pull this off. I think he could pull off the goofiness as well as the seriousness that the character instills Mm -hmm. as well as like his just complete cowardice. Yeah. I think he could do it. <laughs> well, the complete cowardice is why I kind of arrived at my series for Orko. Um, this was just my kind of throwaway uh, character choice, but also like I think would do a really good job is most of the smack my pitch ups. I think of who, what role would be the best choice for Jay Baruchel. And <laughs> I mean, the thing is like, quite honestly, he would do a really good job as Orko, like yeah. as the neurotic kind of scaredy cat. The uh, the she's out of my league version of him. Yeah, kind of that deal, with like a little phenomenal. bit of Sorcerer's Apprentice because of magic, you know. Yes. But I think the combination of the two is perfect choice for Orko. My funny would be just the voice of Kathleen Turner as Orko uh, in, <laughs> in a John Waters joint, I think, would be just that gravelly. Well, my, my, how, you, how you doing, He-Man? My funny hey, one. He-Man, you need any magic done? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's a skeleton man. I'm gonna be right over here. That's uh, more of a Harvey Firestein, but yeah, <laughs> get my drift. My my funny one. I was actually split a little bit. So I started out. Um, I started out actually thinking Jack Black. Okay. Which oh yeah. By the way, just got his star on a Hollywood Walk of Fame. Weird. Which is just awesome, right? Yeah, that's great. Like him and I hope he's like right next to Weird Al. That'd be yeah, great. no shit. Um, but I ultimately settled on Kevin Hart. Okay. Okay. All right. That's... Because Kevin Hart is that goofy. Like I think, I, I think he would be more of a uh, an orco that would talk back. 
and like, I do want to seriously out, give you, you some you shit. Shows like a really short dude and a dwarf to play Orko. Um, I, are are you being a sizist here? No, is that no? The, the, honestly, had is nothing it them to, like in a costume? We no. see the feet dangling. No, I wanted, underneath the cloak as they're floating around. Is well, that no, because think of it, like Jack Black's not very tall. Either. I'd like to see you kind of like talk your way out of this ditch. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't need to talk my way out of it. No, because honestly, it again, it had nothing to do. Like neither of these choices. And not anything even judging to do. him by his acting talents is that he's a short man. That's why you're like you're no. going to play the short character. No, I'm I'm actually I'm completely judging him based on his uh, the way that like his type of comedy. Yeah, no, I got you for this character. Okay, like I could also go Eddie Murphy, but I think that that like it, the real Eddie Murphy that we would want to see is 30 years ago. Well, and also you would just so, be thinking of the donkey from Shrek, like if <laughs> as the like the scaredy cat sidekick. It's just, it, yeah. So I think Kevin Hart is probably a better choice. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Uh, the one that I have left, and we got to move this because we're right at the tail end here, is uh, I did Beastman. Nice. And so for the serious one, I want him to have another chance to play a kind of vicious, uh, fanged character uh, because the one time he had a chance to do this, it was a shit movie. Oh, God. I know who you're talking about. He played. I know exactly who you're talking he about. He played Sabretooth in Origins Wolverine. Mm hmm. And uh, he was a great casting. I thought it was a great casting choice. Uh, it was just a terrible, terrible fucking movie. So yeah. give Lee Schreiber a chance to play Beastman as this like fucking raged out like like minion of Skeletor that's there as like the fucking muscle to fuck up He-Man. Well, and let me say this too, because like when we were talking about how many characters that we would want to put in and all that, yeah. Like when I when I got to my seven here, I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't yeah. do I didn't do Beastman, and like my serious choice, literally, I'm not fucking with you. Um, my serious choice would have been Leaf Schreiber. So nice. we would have okay. been we would have been right there Hell on yeah. that. Uh the funny is because uh, he's a very hairy gentleman in his own right. And I just would want to see Beastman played by just a fucking hairy dude with his shirt off and then John Waters joint is Jeremy fucking Piven. And it's just like <laughs> where he's like the muscle, he's supposed to be the muscle, but he's really just like a like a sarcastic, dry, like like shit talk dude there's like really like he's basically his character from pcu yeah but oh and entourage kind of mixed together and shit talking the jocks like that's that's the role that he would be as beast man ari gold the beast man yeah exactly <laughs> so uh the other the other t well now we're talking about tie-ins and the the obvious choice is she-ra so i came up with who i would want to play she-ra there's really no reason to kind of incorporate story-wise how she-ra would be incorporated with he-man that's happened I was yeah. watching their movie together earlier. Yeah. But I think Emily Blunt would be a great She-Ra. Oh, she'd be great. Yeah, she'd yeah. be phenomenal. Um, what tie-ins are you thinking? For? For, uh, like, stuff to mash up with uh, with He-Man, our mashups. Okay, so I, I came up with a couple of those, okay. too. Um, the uh, the first one, and this this might seem a little funny, uh, okay. but I actually kind of thought that would die hard. Oh, <laughs> okay. I no, like no. I said, like I said, I, I know it would sound funny. No, let, take me on this quest. Right, okay, so, let's 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 so he jump man, in the sandbox. He man, he man is is your is your uh, you know your John your John Wayne. Uh, okay, yeah, he's the the John McClane. He's the John McClane yeah. character. He's your Roy Rogers. All right, so okay. he's like Grace Cole's under attack. All right. I mean, because oh let's be God. let's be honest with you. I just want to throw away everything we've talked about previous to this, and this is just what we're doing. Is right. Grayskull's under attack, and 
Um, like I, I think you could even probably just pull some pieces like from that movie with. <laughs> Can we just call it Grayskull Plaza instead of Castle Grayskull? <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Um, so that was uh, that was kind of like the first one. Okay. okay. Um, with that, you know, you'd you'd see obviously he'd be basically battling people like Beast Man and Trapjaw. Um, you know, and all of the additional characters that Skeletor is kind of with. Go ahead. <laughs> and then the uh, the douchey dude that's like trying to make deals with the terrorists and stuff yeah. is is Orko. Yes, it's straight up. Abs- Orko. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I see how this works. Yeah. Right. And then of course Tila would be, you know, his wife. Yeah, and course. all that sort of stuff. Okay, you know, so he'd be protecting her. Man at arms would, would be... be Carl Winslow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh man, now yeah, I just want to see that. <laughs> so there's that, and then the second one that I had um, was actually like a Lord of the Rings mashup, and okay. specifically the final battle at Minas Tirith. Okay. Okay. So you've got basically everybody from both sides just duking it out. Okay. Like huge battle scene for like ninety minutes. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Uh, my mashup is something that we've actually done on Smack My Pitch Up, and we didn't, I don't think we talked about mashing this up with He-Man, but it's an obvious choice. You mash up fucking, like, the movie version of Flash Gordon yes, with He-Man, and, like, it wouldn't, it would be seamless. Like, it makes as much sense as fucking He-Man goes. Yeah. So you just, like, incorporate all the characters. You've got the winged dudes uh, in there. You've got... uh like all the different oh tribes. Oh my god! Of, and using Max von Max von Sydow. Yeah, as, as oh, Ming. Yeah. Oh, Skeletor. Oh, oh, Skeletor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. just wow. M- Ming the Merciless and Skeletor team up to fight Flash Gordon and He Man. Oh, Are oh you yeah. Fucking oh, kidding my me? God. <laughs> oh my god! I thought the the Jetsons Flintstones mashup was good, but no, that's where it's fucking at right there. Yeah. Uh, another couple choices from our uh, listeners. Uh, we posted on our social media earlier today before we recorded this, what you'd like to see mashed up with a He-Man movie. And uh, Ashley Kane suggested uh, Brokeback Mountain, which is definitely in line with what I'm talking about with uh, with John Waters, because at the end of my John Waters film, it would be this moment where He-Man realizes that he's been like, the reason he's such a douche is he's been holding back all his homosexual urges and that there's so much more freedom and joy in life if he just accepts that that's who he is and and just fuck what my dad thought and just like <laughs> gives in to his wants and, and, and desires and just li- lives the way he wants to live. And then you know, he and Skeletor like get it the fuck on like during a, uh, I don't know, beach blanket bingo type party scene <laughs> in, a, in a tent in a tent. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. But you do the broke back mountain a little bit where like he man's married to Tila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Skeletor, and then Skeletor is like married to Evil Lynn or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then they, they end up like fighting in battle. And then like at night they go to pee and they end up in the same spot or and they're like talking or they touch swords. They touch swords. <laughs> <laughs> you have the music playing as they like rub their swords, they, their actual gingerly, swords together. They gingerly touch their and, tips. And as their tips touch your <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I wish I knew how to slay you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Coming to a theater near you. Broke back. Grayskull. Yes, I think I think that is a good choice. Um, That is probably already a film of a certain genre. (laughs) Almost certainly. Uh, Another in the same in the same uh, uh, thought process here. uh, Our friend Vermin 
uh, regular at uh, GY Trivia and a friend of the show, suggested the crying game. All right. So my question with that would be is like, who is who plays? So is, is Skeletor the woman that was that was a guy or is He-Man? See, or are they going to flip that? I was like, thinking if I, I could actually incorporate that into the John Waters one and just add another layer to Man at Arms. So it's John Waters playing um, Divine, playing Man at Arms, who's actually a woman, and just flip it. So instead of like <laughs> the dick popping out, it's just like, no, I actually have a vagina. <laughs> and then, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the song comes on in the background as like, I guess that would be the sorceress. You'd be like, I'm get that man at arms dick. <laughs> but if it's John Waters, so it, it would be like, it, it would be that like, I'm get that man at arms dick, and then it's like, all I need to know about crying game, and then she's like, eh, works for me, you know. So there's got to be a musical number in there too, I would think at some point, right? Or a, a live music situation yeah. at least, yeah, like kind of a. Especially if we're gonna do John Travolta with hairspray and all that, that's like John I'm, Travolta I'm with hairspray just... or like L7 and and. Uh, in Serial Mom or yeah. like the music scene stuff from uh, Cry Baby. You know, yeah, it's very, very musical. Um, I think you can cantina band the situation, like have just like an attorney, like house band. Play the same song again. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Same song. Same song. All right, cool. <laughs> but you just have like a house band at the local pub in suburban Eternia, <laughs> just hanging out. Everybody's shirts popping open. Yeah. <laughs> or Skeletor's got like a side project with all the minions we haven't talked about called like Skeletor and the Gray Skulls or something where they play like death rock like Christian death style death rock <laughs> I think I think that could work I think that's a that's the choice or just straight up like full speed ahead horror punk like misfit style <laughs> I want Gray Skull I need Gray Skull you love Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we have a winner. All right. Um, we are now at the point where we're going to talk about um, our trailers. We do trailers of what, whichever version of this that we want to, um, whether it be the funny or the serious versions or whatever, one of the mashups if you really want. And uh, we pick some music to go with it and we just do the inner world kind of deal treatment to it. So I'm going to take a pause so we can pick out our music. And did you want to go first or second on this one? It uh, doesn't matter. Okay. Well, let me take a pause real quick and... Uh, You'll there's no pause for you listeners. Uh, you'll just hear. Um, yeah, well, let me go first, and okay. then and then you can go second. Kind of take a second because I think I have an idea what I'm doing. So uh, here I go. From the director that brought you Pink Flamingo, Crybaby, and Serial Mom, comes a story from another world. Meet Prince Adam, gentleman that grew up with everything that he ever wanted. Across from him in Eternia is his uncle, dismissed from the family, a reject, excommunicated, and alone until he finds a ragtag group of friends to help him reclaim what is rightfully him, the throne of Eternia. This summer, John Waters presents a film about friendship. And sometimes the family that you have isn't the family that you want. And sometimes the family that you need is the one you find yourself. Follow Skeletor, played by Iggy Pop, as he traverses Eternia along with his friends Man-at-Arms, played by John Travolta, playing Divine, playing Man-at-Arms. And 
Evelyn played by Ming Stoll, and Beastman by PCU's Jeremy Piven. This summer, watch Skeletor take back Eternia and claim his rightful power of Skull against the douche lord He-Man. This summer, He-Man, Eternia Bromore. All right, so yeah, that was the that was uh, what I went with it. So, um, so you don't have a high bar on, on your trailer here. So yeah, that's great. I did the funny John Waters because why would I not do the funny John Waters on that one? You're going to be doing. Um, well, I have your music queued up, so you don't even have to tell me what you're doing. Let's make it a surprise. Grayskull is under attack. Only one man could save it. That man? He-Man. Coming this summer from the same people that brought you Iron Man. And all of the other movies. (laughs) Made by Marvel is Grayskull. Starring Chris Helmsworth as He-Man, Idris Elba as Skeletor. Watch as Skeletor tries in vain to destroy all that was once Eternia and its peaceful civilization. Rated NC-17 for strong graphical Wow, wow. <laughs> just skip R completely. Okay. <laughs> <Wait>. <clears throat> Rated NC-17 for strong graphical content, including body disfigurations and dismemberments. This summer, Grayskull. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> but like, you went for the hard NC-17. You weren't even fucking around. You're like, no, no, fuck this shit. None of this, none of this PG-13 bullshit. <laughs> oh, fuck that. No, we're going to do like fucking showgirls. We're going to just get that hard NC-17. All right, yeah, cool. Unra- unrated version. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Dan. This has been fantastic. Uh, this has been, been a really good time. Awesome show. Uh, listeners, it. also, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Um, sorry that there was a delay on the release of a new episode. We've been kind of busy with... A number of things here at the GUI network, one of which being getting a new sponsor for literally all the shows on the network. We now are uh, teamed up with T Public. You may be familiar with them as one of the purveyors of wonderful T-shirts uh, across the Internet. And we have teamed up to release a T-shirt for all of the shows on the Geeks Under the Influence Network, including Smack My Pitch Up. So just go to GUIpodcast.com slash store to find our link to our T public page there. You can find t-shirts for geeks under the influence, smack my pitch up, beautiful disasters, geek fathers, GY precap, bunch of other designs, uh, a smash talk, um, all sorts of stuff. And also releasing, we already have one design released and then next week we're releasing another design. We'll be having three limited run, uh, spooky Halloween themed designs, uh, for the month of October or, you know, we're releasing them a little early so you can have them for the month of October. And uh, the first one was a Halloween shirt where it had Mike Myers with a beer helmet that says join us or die on it. Yes. Uh, the next shirt, and I can say this because this will probably release uh, right 
at the release of the shirt or right after is a uh, Geeks Under the Influence Brewing Company uh, Freddy Krueger shirt, Elm Street Ale, uh, that should be releasing um, right around the time of the release of this episode. So check that out by going to GYPodcast.com slash store. Uh, links are on the front page of GYPodcast.com. And also we're going to be posting all about it on our social media. Links to our social media is also at GYPodcast.com. Come out to our trivia nights. Come out to our movie nights. Join us, or as we say on GY Die, but here um, on Smack My Pitch Up, the way we end every episode is telling you that you just got pitch smacked. Shut the fuck up, Hobbit. <laughs> Rock podcast, dude! <laughs> I have the power? Is that is that how we should... <laughs> I have the power. Yeah, there it is. Okay. GUIPodcast.com. Mm-hmm.